All right. So this is try number three. For those uh, listening on the podcast, we attempted to start the show several times and it did not work. Uh, so this time we hope it works. We're hoping listeners pop back in and can hear it. So I'm not actually going to say anything of substance until someone logs back into the show and lets us know that my audio sounds fine. The thing is, it's going to be a very special episode of the show. We have a first-time guest co-host on the show. All right, so people are starting to trickle into the live stream. And anyone coming into the live stream, please tell me, can you hear me? Ashley says it sounds great. And that means we welcome our special guest of the show. That is none other than Ellie Margulis, one of my co-workers, my colleagues here at Your Money Line, our expert, all things Gen Z. Ellie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, there are some rumors floating around out there that the technical issues we had are related to your generation, but I think it actually might be my boomer status that led to me uh, taking equipment that's worked for me for 15 years and magically having it not work for me. Uh, but anyway, all the same, I'm so glad to be here with you. I'm glad to be here with you. Okay. Uh, Dame and Kristen are off this week, and I was around the office like, hey, they're off. Ellie, you want to be on the show? You're like, yeah, I'll be on the show. So Ellie is now on the show. Um, you're going to learn a little bit uh, about Ellie uh, during the show today. Uh, we are going to talk about all things Gen Z. This is when I start to feel like an old man. All things Gen Z. Um, and so Ellie, we're, we're, here's, here's, here's the segment lineup today. We're going to do, uh, what, what are we doing? We discuss this, right? Benefits that G Gen Z wants, right? Yeah. Employee benefits that Gen Z are really into. You've recently written an, an ebook about this. Mm -hmm. And so you will go and, and help us understand that. Then uh, as a Gen Z active person, you are very into triathlons right now. So we're going to do a little game called, Ellie, are you sure you know how much this is going to cost you? And, and then I'm going to have you guess on different things. And you tell me what you think things cost in uh, the triathlon. And then finally, we're going to do a segment called, uh, Hey, old fella, what do you think about these financial goals and whatnot of uh, the Gen Z people? Is that what it, that third segment is called? I think so. Okay. This is <laughs> going to be great. Oh, for those still sticking around, thank you. We had major technical difficulties, but we are back. And uh, yeah, let's get going because ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, thank you, Jim, for having us back. Uh, thank you for your work. We appreciate it. Here we go. Uh, Ellie, I'm setting my clock here. We're going to start with a Gen Z benefits guide, which is something that you've produced. So this will be good to go in three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner show, we aren't answering your money questions. Typically, we do. That's how the show works. You email us askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com, and I'll answer your questions. But it turns out today, it turns out today, it's a very it's a very special episode of the Pete the Planner show. As you may not know, I'm an old man. Uh, and it is I'm reminded of that on a daily basis. And I have a lot of much younger coworkers. Uh and and so trying to understand their view on finance and everything else is important to me. And so today we welcome uh, one of my colleagues, Ellie Margulis, to the show, who is going to guest co-host with Damon Kristen now. Ellie, welcome to the program. Thank you. Is this your first time on a radio show? It is. And is it everything you've ever wanted it to be? Oh, it's more. That's <laughs> great to hear. Now, Ellie, you're on a content team. You recently wrote a guide on uh, benefits in the workplace. 
what, what, what are we calling this guide? What's the guide called? It's the 2023 Gen Z Wellness Report. The 2023 Gen Z Wellness Report. Tell me more. I want to know. What, what were we attempting to uh, gather uh, when we put together this report? So I brought, came up with this idea probably a while ago now, but I wanted to survey Gen Z because we are now going into the workforce and sure. we are very different from millennials, boomers, Gen X, everyone before us. And I wanted to see if my opinions matched up with other people in my age group. And I just thought it would be an interesting from a financial perspective to see if we have different concerns than those older than us. And so I surveyed 260 full-time Gen Z employees. Okay. So I'm excited to see, here's how we're going to do this. You, you can tell me what, what the findings are as an old man. I will say, you know, I, I care about that too. We're going to find out how different we are, how different we are. So what, what were some of the major takeaways of this research? Yeah, so I have three major takeaways. Gen Z has high levels of financial stress. Um, They want more financial wellness benefits and financial concerns negatively impact overall wellness for them. Okay, so those are the three major takeaways? I can add one more if you want. Well, no, I mean, (laughs) the takeaways are takeaways. We're not going to manufacture takeaways. (laughs) Okay, so let's start with number one and let's see, uh, let's break this down and what I mean. So the first takeaway is what? High levels of financial stress. Turns out, as a nearly 46-year-old person, I, too, Mm -hmm. have high levels of financial stress. How are the financial stresses of Gen Z different than that of a a pudgy, middle-aged Midwesterner like me? Yeah, I think um, another finding from the survey was just debt and student loans these days is crazy. I mean, a lot of us, I mean, Gen Z is... I surveyed 18 or 22 to 26, but it starts at like 16 to 26, I think, or maybe a little older. So a lot of us are going into the graduating college, having to pay for college. So the debt and student loans is at the top of the list. Yeah. Here, here's the question I would have for you. And, and you may not know the answer, but just worth discussing. Uh, so let's take someone who graduated any time after March of 2020. Okay, so take anyone that graduated March after March 2020, which, by the way, you're in that category, correct? Yeah. Okay. And then you take the student loan debt, which is undoubtedly stressful. It's like, oh, my gosh, I just paid all this for college. I got to pay it back. I'm with you that there's stress. But where I'm where I'm confused a little bit is won't this stress like be at an all time high right now because there were actually no payment obligations during that entire time? For sure. Yeah, so that's part of the findings of the timing of the survey is to mm-hmm. say, yeah, I mean, there's general financial stress that everyone has, but it is going to be massively cranked up for Gen Z right here, right now, as we're now in October of 2023, when student loan payments are, are here again, just in, in your research and even talking uh, more you know, anecdotal discussions, does the idea of student loans starting up for the first time ever, is that part of this? Oh, yeah, for sure. I have just in conversations with friends on a daily basis, they have no idea how they're going to handle it. Here's here's the other side of this, too, is a lot of the student loan servicers have flipped over during the pandemic to, to different groups. And it's not like 
when you graduate in May of 20 or May of 21 or May of 22, because everything was on deferment, it's not like everyone took time to figure out what their payments were supposed to be anyway. You just didn't make a payment. So on top of student loan stress, what other areas of financial uh, stress exist for Gen Z based on your, your study? So emergency savings was actually the highest cause of stress. Um, my generation tends not to have any sort of emergency fund and just expenses in general day to day. I think a lot of Gen Z is struggling paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So let's dig into that a little bit here. Um, do you think there are different spending habits of your generation versus my generation that lead to that? Or do you think there's another cause for a lack of emergency fund? Or do you think it's, 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 first year pay? Like, well, how, how do you estimate what leads to the stress around no emergency fund? I think it's a lack of education. A lack of financial education. Yeah. I had no idea. I'll be honest. I had no idea about emergency funds until a year and four months ago when I joined your money line. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, right? Because when you get out of college, first off, you, the first thing that all of us think about if you or exit any level of school is, I now have freedom, mm -hmm. um, which then feels like, okay, well, now I can go spend money on whatever I want to spend money on. But then you realize that with that, we're getting into Spider-Man territory here. With great freedom comes great responsibilities. Um, and, and so I think that's where it starts to break down. I would, I would, answer, or, or I would answer sort of this idea with this, Ellie. I'm curious how you think of this. Is this generational or is it age-based? And I ask it, I, I ask it meaning this. When I, I've never been in Gen Z, but I have been 23, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like some of the stresses I experienced when I were 23 are similar to the, the stresses you talk about from a Gen Z perspective. Yeah. The only difference being, I think, is that school costs are so much more expensive than. How about travel? How does travel come into this? I think my generation is traveling way more not settling down in one place as quickly as older generations. And there's this idea that we should travel while we're young and that money will come back to us. So why not do it now? Not saying that's the correct thinking you should have, but. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I do feel like uh, from at least from my perspective, your generation travels so much more, so much more than my generation did when we were at the same age group. I always think though, where does that come from? Does that come from like online influence? Like where does the desire to travel come from for your generation? I think recently it's stemming from the pandemic. I mean, majority of the people I know couldn't go abroad. Their abroad trips got canceled during COVID. And so now it's just, I mean, you hear it every summer, it's European summer. <laughs> Yeah. Every year now, because you can you can finally go back over there. You know, some of this, uh, too, has very little to do with the actual qualities of Gen Z, but it's the circumstantial things happening around Gen mm -hmm. Z. COVID, like you just mentioned, high cost of college, high cost of housing, including high interest rates, the car you know, supply chain crunch of trying to find transportation. I, we try to stay away from saying something is the perfect storm because it's just overused. But you have to note from afar, 
the the financial world moving around Gen Z very infrequently moves in its favor. Is that the overall feeling that you've been able to find? Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so let's do this. I don't know how many Gen Z people are saying, you know what, I'm going to do an Ironman triathlon next year, but I know you are, and you actually gave us a date for it. So what we're going to do when we come back is we're going to quiz you on, do you really know what it costs to do an Ironman triathlon? It's the special Gen Z episode of the Pete the Planner Show. I'm your host, Pete the Planner. All right, Ellie, we made it through our very first segment. How are you hanging on so far? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling good. So you've recently got into triathlon. I don't want to ruin this before we get into the radio segment, but you have recently gotten into triathlon. Uh, yeah, I dabbled a bit in college, but okay. All right, we we will explore that. We're gonna play a little bit of a guessing game, uh, and then we will get in further into the lives of Gen Z. I'll just tell you, I, I found this from a site where there's a young man on the site. He looks very handsome. Um, Can I ask the name of the site? Why? Because you want to see what this guy looks like? No. Oh. Well, triathlonbudgeting.com. How's that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me pull up my stuff here. A little quiz. Uh, all right. Here we go. And uh, we'll start the show again because we've got to get moving. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. It's a special Gen Z edition of the show, meaning normally I'm an out-of-touch boomer that can't uh, really relate to, to the younger generations. And now I'm proving it with my colleague, Ellie Margulis, who is on the Your Money Line team, and she is the special guest co-host today. Ellie, hello. Hi. Can you uh, reconfirm you are, in fact, a Gen Z member? Yes, I was born in the year 2000. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, Ellie, you have made the choice recently. You told everyone that you are doing an Ironman triathlon. Half, half Ironman. A half Ironman triathlon next year. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you give, for, for those that don't know, can you give the distances here? Okay, so it's a 1.2-mile swim, 56-mile bike ride, and then 13.1-mile run. Okay, and you have run a half marathon before? Yes. Have you run a marathon before? No. You've not run a marathon? And you, you were a collegiate runner, like you, you ran uh, as an athlete in school. Uh, have you ridden 56 miles on a bike before? Nope. Okay. Have you swam 1.2 miles before? Yes. Okay. So is the bike going to be the challenge for you? Oh, it's going to make or break the whole race. Okay. But you've done various, what, duathlons or? I've done sprint triathlons. Okay. Which are a lot shorter. So to understand the cost associated with this, I need you to take a stand here for a second. Uh, are you a, how would you consider yourself here? You got four choices. A first timer, a beginner, an enthusiast, or advance? Because this is going to determine the cost that you're going to have to guess here today. Beginner. Okay. So you still consider yourself a beginner about to do your first half Ironman. Yes. Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is Ellie guessing how much it costs. Do you feel like you have a pretty good sense? On some things. Okay. It de it'll depend. Do you have a bike? Yes. And that bike is going to work for 56 miles. If I asked my dad, he would say no. Okay. But he, look, your dad probably doesn't want to buy you another bike, though. <laughs> That's so, what I said. Okay. So let's say you had to get a different bike. What do you think a bike that would be good for a beginner in a triathlon would cost you? I don't see it being under $1,000. <sighs> 
All right. Well, here's the thing. For a beginner, it, it says the bike should be 500. And if you're an enthusiast, it should be closer to 1500. Yeah. But again, I think I, I got to be honest. I think you're somewhere between beginner and enthusiast, right? If you're going to do a half. But it's my first time. That's true. Um, all right. How about bike fit? Is this something that you've considered like having your bike professionally fit to you? If you get a bike specialized for a triathlon, you have to have it fitted. Are you going to do that? No. Okay. Do you know how much that costs if you were going to make sure that your bike actually fits you? A couple hundred dollars. That's correct. Okay. Cycling shoes. Are you doing oh, cycling shoes? I have them. You have them already. Okay. That's good. Now it's time to get intense here. You're going to do aero bars, right? Which is where you can lean forward and, and, and ride more comfortably in an aerodynamic posture for the triathlon. Are you doing that? It's recommended. TBD. Okay. Have you purchased them? No. How much do you think they cost? Mm, couple hundred. Oof. We're seeing here five hundred, a uh, hundred bucks 100. at the most. Okay. Forty-five to a hundred bucks. Oh, okay. Forty-five seems like it's going to be like an Amazon Aero Bar, and then halfway through the race, you're going to need the Prime <laughs> truck to come and deliver yeah. a replacement, right? Okay. You need a bike pump because if you're out on the oh. course, do you have a, a flat kit on your bike? I do. You do. Okay, and. Do, do you know how to change a flat tire on your bike? Unfortunately, no. Okay, so this is a problem. <laughs> We're going to have to slow down here for a second. It's funny, the way hobbies work is you're like, oh, I need something to do. But what you're actually doing is you're constantly spending money. That That is the nature of a hobby. Um, Ellie is a former road cyclist, as you can tell by my my physique. I uh, have changed many uh, flat tires on bikes. Uh, that is something that you're probably going to want to do before you head out 56 miles. Yes, which uh, race are you doing? Do we know yet? Frankfurt, Michigan. Oh, it's lovely. Where is that? Uh, it's like 45 minutes from Traverse City. Uh, where's Traverse City? <laughs> Northern Michigan. All right, I think you say 45 minutes from Frankfurt. <laughs> that was the joke set up. All right, do you Sorry. have the helmet you're going to go with? Yeah. Okay. It's so not aerodynamic. So it is just a straight up helmet. Okay. Are you going to get a, a bike computer or a triathlon watch? I have a watch. Okay. So, so far, you're not spending a lot of money here. So far. So far. You're going to have to get new running shoes, but as a runner, you're constantly getting new running shoes. Because here's the thing. There's 0% chance whatever shoes you run in next year at this race, you currently do not own those shoes, right? Because you will put so many miles on your shoes. Oh, yeah. I'll get new shoes. All right. Do you want to... What's your, what's your shoe brand? Because everyone sticks with their shoe brand. So, for racing, I wear Hoka. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm a Saucony guy. And since I don't run that much, they're just simply Saucony shoes that I wear around to go pick up carry out. All right. Um, are you going to get a bike trainer so you can train indoors on your bike? Well, fun fact, our coworker, Steven. Yes. Has told me, which now I'm calling him out. So he has to give it to me, has said that he'll let me borrow his. Seems like something you would need. How about a wetsuit? Oh, these are so expensive. Do you have one? No. And are you going to have to buy one? I shed a tear when I looked at prices the other day. I will need one. They're required. And they're required by the, 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 the race officials or just to get it done? It depends. How much does a triathlon wetsuit cost? It, the cheapest one I found was $250, but the most expensive was like over $1,000. I don't think you need a $1,000 wetsuit. No. Right? 
And what's a triathlon suit versus a wetsuit? So the wetsuit goes over your whole body. Okay. The triathlon suit is like what I wear for just the sprint distance. And would you, would you, and you have that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Goggles? Have them. Okay. And then what else do you need? Registration fee for the race itself. Have we not, are we not getting there yet? What is it? Like $500. Okay. And then there's travel, travel. hotel. So we're talking about here again. I'm no financial expert. <laughs> we're talking my math. My math's working. We're, we're approaching three grand, right? Mm -hmm. So this is like, you could have either gone to like some trip overseas or you could have gone and burned 8,000 calories on a Saturday for $3,000. And that's what you chose. Yes. Oh, this is great. I love this. Do you have other people like to think like running and like uh, cardiovascular activities and hobbies aren't expensive, but as we're seeing here, it's wildly expensive. I think that's the myth of running and triathlon. At first you just need a pair of shoes, but once you start racing, I want to know, do you know what the number one sport in the world is in terms of the average amount spent on it by amateurs? Okay. So let me ask the question better. Cause it was confusing. What sport do amateur enthusiasts of that sport spend the most money on, uh, in, in the world? Do you understand the question? Mm -hmm. I keep asking it in a no, very yeah. far way. Do, where would, do you know what the answer is? I think I can confidently say it's not triathlon. It is not triathlon. So you have eliminated one of hundreds of sports. I feel like equestrian. I don't know. You know what? That's an amazing guess. Equestrian is an amazing guess because of the horses involved. Golf isn't a bad answer. I saw that in the chat. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a surprising one. The answer is fishing. Fishing is the number one sport in the world in terms of what the average fisherman spends on fishing. Now, th this is true both because they buy fishing boats and without buying fishing boats because of all the gear it needs for the average person to fish. And so uh, fortunately for you, triathlon does not reach that. Okay, here's what we're doing. Again, it's an old Gen Z episode of the show, which means my jokes are especially not funny this week. Uh, Ellie, we're gonna come back. We're gonna go through some of the financial realities of Gen Z. We, we talked about them from a benefits perspective. We're going to dig a little deeper. All of that is next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm not in Gen Z and I'm Pete the Planner. All right. Two segments down. Just like that, Ellie. See, it's going, going, it's going. After those technical difficulties. Um, all right. How can we make the, the third segment different from the first segment as it relates to the challenges behind a person's financial life? different than the first segment i guess just i mean we can talk about what i see people my age going through on a daily basis okay and that will feel just checking the double checking that will feel markedly different from the first segment where it's student loans and housing and transportation maybe Possibly. not but all right i don't know it just i have thoughts okay well i'll take your thoughts <laughs> All right. We'll fishing do... is a sport. Yeah. Fishing is absolutely a sport, Ben. As witnessed by all the photos I have of me in the ER getting a fish hook removed from my hand, which was $1,700. We, we could talk about, you know, 
Taylor Swift. We're not doing Taylor Swift. But you want to talk about Taylor Swift. I just like there's a Taylor Swift moratorium on the show. She's currently ruining pro football. I don't want to do it. I'm sorry. It bothers me very much. And I'm not a hate. That's the, okay. Now we're talking about it, Ellie. <laughs> Here's the thing. Can I both really, really appreciate what she has accomplished and done and created this microeconomy and then also not want her in my microeconomy? Is that fair? That's fair. I respect it. I don't know. I'm just like, I just want to watch football. That's all I want to do. I don't want cutaways to the suites. Just, just watch football. NFL's like had to like quasi apologize for I have seen that. Going too far. Travis Kelsey complained about it. I know. I mean, look, I, I know very little uh, um, about young dating these days. But imagine you're dating someone and and it is they it's talked about at your job on a that level on a national basis. That just seems like, come on, can I just like play some football? Is this is this going to be a problem for you, Ellie? It depends. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Um your financial thoughts of the realities of Gen Z. And again, I do think it's an interesting point of distinction. Uh, when I was 23, I had some financial challenges that, 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 that are in line with what you're talking about. But I think the economy around me was very different. Mm -hmm. I still had to buy groceries for the first time and buy my first house or apartment or whatever. You know, okay, let's do this in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, the special Gen Z episode of the Pete the Planner Show Ellie, uh, oh Ellie uh, Margulis is a guest uh, co-host of the show, uh, official Gen Z member. Yeah. Okay. okay <laughs> now, uh, just to, just to confirm your Gen Z, you either have or uh, are going to go to a Taylor Swift show. I am going. How many shows? I'm only going to one. Okay. And is it in the United States that you're going to a show? Or are you traveling internationally to go see Taylor Swift? I'm going international. Okay, going international seems like a good thing to do. Now, help me understand this. Are you a concert person? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. It depends on who. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, how do you feel about Olivia Rodrigo? I know in, in many senses, she has just put out a new album. She's of the Gen Z variety. And some call this album a generational banger. And I want to know if you too feel the same way. One would say that. Okay. I don't think I... Well, if I say I disagree now, I think people will come at me. All right. So help but, me understand the financial realities of Gen Z uh, a little bit more as it relates to just everyday life. Like, what do I not understand or what can maybe I lend uh, a helpful brain to? Let me think. I don't know. Just in conversations, you know, I have a friend. I have friends who... Yes. Since I've started here, I just have told them like some of the things that I've learned. And because everyone in my just friend group is at different points in their life, I have friends who are back in school. I have friends who do have full-time jobs. And I have friends who still live at home. Do you, Okay, so let's go there. Let's start with your friends that live at home. Do they have uh, – there's a cross-section, I assume. Um Full-time, working full-time? Yeah. Okay. Are they saving money? Yes. 
like aggressively. Yes. Like at least a thousand dollars a month. They're saving money to the point like they would choose to live at home longer. Because of how much money they're saving? Yeah. Okay. So here's the distinctive point that I, I'm just, I want some clarity on. Are they spending money on discretionary items, yet it feels like they're saving money on rent? Or are they physically putting money away and accumulating money? I, For one of my friends, I think they're putting away. Putting away the money. Yeah. Is it in the hopes to eventually launch out? Yeah. But I think it's also just, and I may be wrong when I say this, but I think there's also a fear that things are only going to get more expensive. So it's almost out of fear. I think it's pretty confirmed that things are only going to get more expensive. Yeah. Just by the nature of things. I I will say from a generational difference standpoint, it's about a sentiment to to some degree. Like when I was 23, um, I, I feel like there was a little bit of shame's a little strong here, Ellie, but there's a little bit of shame of moving back home after school that people would just go and be out on their own and, and try to tough it through. I do feel like culturally we've gotten to a point where there is, it is more acceptable to have multi-generational living from your perspective. Do you view it that way? Yeah. I think that, I mean, I have a friend whose family isn't from the U S and multi-generational living is the norm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's an element. What, what are other elements that that you're seeing? I, I also note that people are getting married later. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In fact, if, if Gen Z is what, 16 to 26 years old, is that what Gen Z is? It's something like that. So no one's getting married. Well, I know some. I was just at a wedding two weeks ago. Okay, so people are getting married. Are. Okay. Yeah, you know, when, again, when I was 23, this is 22 years ago. A lot of people are getting married uh, under the age of 26. It, it, so that, that is different because then that changes your financial life. I think the marriage thing is more, I mean, we're in Indiana. Sure. If you're going New York, it's normal not to get married until 35, 36. Fair. Uh, what other elements do you think are unique to Gen Z that are sort of, again, maybe even culturally different? My gosh, I'm just thinking about and I don't think this is like significant to just Gen Z, but in conversations with friends, like I have friends that don't know like what a 401k is. I have friends that don't have the money to pay an $800 car fix. Yeah, that's pretty standard. Here, here's what I don't understand. Uh, I feel like in the last 20 years, at least, there's been a lot of chirping about how much better we need to be with financial literacy at schools. Mm-hmm. Um Yet, from what I'm hearing from you, it doesn't feel like it's gotten any better. Did you have a high school? So you were in high school in like the, what, 2015, 16, somewhere in there? Yeah, I graduated high school in 2018. 2018. Okay. Yeah, you're from the St. Louis area, right? Yeah. Okay. So was there a personal finance class or was it part of an econ unit or math unit at all? No. Nothing. Nothing. And you went to a good, like your high school mm-hmm. had an accreditation of some sort, <laughs> like your degree is worth something. Yes. Correct? Okay. And you went to a prestigious liberal arts school. Yeah. But I do feel like you guys had a subscription to a particular financial wellness platform at your school. Do you remember this? I do not. Okay. So you don't feel like there was any personal finance education at this prestigious liberal arts school? 
not with the struggles that I think people struggle with daily. Okay. I think like you could learn about big picture stuff and like long term. I think that was talked about, but just learning how to manage day to day finances was not a thing. Help me out here. I know, uh, especially for millennials, there was this idea of the fire movement, financial independence, retire early. And what you would do kind of like your friend who's living at home is you would aggressively save and save and save and save and save. And so by the time you're in your mid to late thirties, maybe even 40, you retire because you've saved so much money and then go do something else. I don't even know what that even next element looks like. Do, do you feel like that's an appealing idea of that you disconnect yourself from work by going so hard uh, to, to save money now? Is that a realistic expectation or, or, or thought? I, I know I'm asking you to represent all everyone within Gen Z, which is wildly unfair. Does that resonate in any degree? I think so. I don't think, and I don't know how to phrase this, but Gen Z is coming in to the workplace. And I think millennials are somewhat aligned with this, but we want more work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, where we prefer flexibility, we don't want to work to death our whole life. We want to travel. Can I ask a question as it relates to work-life balance? Because mm-hmm. I, I love that topic, um, exploring all angles of it. Is that Does that mean that there's a, this idea, at least acceptance, that if you're not going to work as many hours... Uh, that, that you're able to put your your own personal life, you know, give more attention to that. Is there an expectation that that impacts the amount of income a person can earn, or is is that not part of the expectation? Can you rephrase? The yeah. Question? So if if I hear work life balance, yeah. I hear the idea of I want to have more life and a little less work. Mm-hmm. So far, tracking. Yes. So with a little less work. Um, is there an expectation, an understanding, an acceptance that the little less work could theoretically lead to less income if you're working less? And if that is the case, if, if that's acceptance, is is it acceptable? Is that, a, is that an idea? I think that my generation, from my perspective, is we still expect a decent pay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we... Um, with inflation, I mean, companies still have to pay. You still have to be able to live, be able to pay rent, pay a mortgage. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, I, I think it uh, it's interesting because I do feel like, to your point of, like, I think about even my dad's generation and my grandpa's generation, how that work-life balance has sort of flown down. I mean, it was work, 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 work. Life balance wasn't even a thing. And I think as it filters through the generations now to to yours – there's a difference. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Come back with Blom in current events. I'm Pete the Planner. All right. Now, guess what, uh, uh, Ellie? It is time for the fun segment, which is the biggest waste of money of the week in the news. That's what the kids love. How are you hanging in there? I'm doing well. I agree. I still have something to show the audience. But oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Now, hold on. Are you behind you? Yeah. All right. Let's do this. This is when I was uh, young. Hold on. Here we go. 
There's a there's an image of me. It was a promotional shot of me wearing a pug T-shirt, uh, a blazer, and my arms outstretched. Isn't like it I'm, your dog on the T-shirt? I had a dog that looked like that, okay. but it wasn't my exact dog. It was just a, yeah. That's your background imagery. And just noted that we're at our offices, not at like your home. You don't have a picture of me on your wall no. <laughs> at home. I just wanted to point that out for all that, that might be confused there. All right, let's do this. We got to get to the last segment and then we're done. Even with the technical difficulties, we're flying through the show. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. All right, so let me get ready to share this. And here we go. We're going to get started in three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is the T10 Bespoke Carnoisseur service. Auto enthusiasts are known for matching other items to their favorite ride. T10 Bespoke's Carnoisseur service. You get it, Ellie? Carnoisseur? Yes. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay. Uh, incorporates elements from your vehicle to create a complimentary pair of in-ear computers. Can I get a timeout here, Ellie? Sure. Okay. By complimentary, they mean that accompanies it, not free. Okay. Okay, because that's the whole point. Since it's the biggest waste of money, money is going to be exchanged hands. So don't get distracted by complimentary. Because when I read the copy the first time, I was like, okay, wait, it's free? It is not. Each set is made to order using YTPZ ceramic zirconium precious metals. I assume that you're familiar with those. Sure. Composites and fine leathers at the company's Atier and Labs in Lenexa, Kansas, where, you know, Lenexa, Kansas is, of course, known for fine leathers and is customized from your exacting specifications. On the tech side of things, the Tiny Buds offer active noise cancellation, Klipsch-tuned Sonian transducers for detailed sound, selectable Class D and Class AB amps, dual-cadence Tensilica Hi-Fi DSPs, an ARM4 processor and support for 96 kilohertz, 24-bit high-res audio. Wow. Okay. Ellie, so what they do is you find out what kind of car you have, and then they produce these custom headphones, these earbuds, as the kids call them, and then they match the styling to your car. Do you understand? I do. Okay. What do you think it costs for these bespoke carnoisseur services. Oh my gosh, like 30,000? $30, 30,000 is your guess. The answer is still a ridiculous $3,500. Now here's the- well, here's way off. Yeah, it's all right, oh it's all right. It's hard that to do. That was embarrassing. No, it's not nearly as embarrassing as some of Kristen's guesses. <laughs> I will tell you this, Ellie, uh, I have a Kia Sportage. So, if I got a custom set of headphones for my Kia Sportage, that would seem like a really dumb thing to do, would it not? Yeah, I would judge you. Yeah, so uh, I, I, we don't have to disclose what sort of vehicle you drive or any of those sorts of things, but just imagine specific earbuds for your car and how ridiculous that might seem. I mean, the thought would never cross my mind. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't seem... Uh, like that all. All right, so let's do this. Let's go to the news this week. Ellie, Walmart is studying changes in sales patterns by looking at anonymized shopper data 
and comparing that of people who take a weight loss drug like Ozempic to people who don't. The company is seeing a slight pullback in overall basket, as they call it, when looking at the consumer data, though for people who take Ozempic, Wagovi, or other popular weight loss drugs. So, Ellie, if you're following, what I'm saying is, since there's a pharmacy at Walmart, Walmart is noticing for those people who are prescribed those major weight loss drugs like Ozempic, those same uh, consumers are spending significantly less on food. And now there are fears throughout the economy that if everyone goes on Ozempic, then major food brands are going to suffer for it. Did you even consider this when you started to think about the prevalence of weight loss drugs? No. Yeah, I didn't either. It's like, I, I know the economy will theoretically be affected by these types of drugs. And again, they primarily were, were meant to serve, I'm not a physician or a pharmacist for that matter, but they primarily meant to serve uh, diabetics. And then they, we found out that they could lose some weight. So people started taking them for that. But I, I guess the, 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 the other point there is at some point in time, people are going to buy less food. So could, and, and again, talking about this makes it feel like I'm not being judgmental, but, but could you see like stock in like McDonald's or Chipotle or anything like that fall? Because people are eating less. Any of you are concerned that? I did not consider that. Well, I'm glad you have now. <laughs> Ellie, midair mayhem as wild animals terrorize <laughs> passengers and a crew on a flight. A plane from Bangkok to Taiwan took a wild turn when a rat and an otter smuggled aboard by a passenger got loose in the main cabin mid-flight. I was confused. So he said again, pet rat, pet rat. It has a white body and it's not small, one passenger told Bible Press. The Wednesday flight aboard a low-cost Viet Jet air flight erupted in panic as the air hostesses freaked out upon noticing what passengers described as an albino rat and a nearly one-foot-long otter scurrying around on the floor, which begs the question, Eleanor, what pocket-sized animal would be the worst animal to have get loose on an international flight? Could a snake fit in your pocket? I, like a poisonous snake? I an animal that could hurt you. You're suggesting snakes on a plane. Yeah. Okay, snakes on a plane. Have you seen the movie Snakes on a Plane? No. Did you know it existed? No. You did not. Samuel L. Jackson, Snakes on a Plane? I'm sorry. It's all right. It is the Gen Z episode of the show this week, so it is only appropriate that you do not understand any of my movie references. It's okay. That is appropriate. But what other... I'm trying to think, like, what a skunk's got to be at the top of the list it, here. That's right? not a pocket-sized animal. Well, no, I, it, fit like, I, it has to fit under a seat in, like, a small cage. I don't think okay. the guy walked in with a rat in his pocket, <laughs> right? Yeah, a skunk's got to be bad. Anything that's just, like, aggressive, like a badger... Oh, I don't know. Uh, all right. So uh, a beer drinker, Ellie, you, you like you like the beer? I do. You know, Constellation Brands, which owns a tremendous number of uh, alcohol uh, companies, uh, is being led by now the most popular beer on Earth. Do you know what that beer is? The most purchased beer on Earth, Ellie. Oh, gosh. 
Modelo Especial. I would not have guessed that. Modelo Especial. Uh, Corona Extra being another brand that Constellation mm. Brands owns. So uh, f- interesting thing happened during the pandemic. And, and, and again, I'm not drawing any conclusions here. Uh, but Corona went from being num- the number one beer in the world to Modelo Especial. And what's really weird is we had a little fiesta here at the office last week, right? Guess what primary beer we had here? Modelo Especial. Who knew that that was the number one beer brand in the entire world? It, it's interesting because uh, who everyone loves Mexican food. Am I right? And then you think, well, Mexican beer is you got to have it when you have Mexican food. You just wouldn't think that of all the amazing breweries and brewery beer cultures around the world, that Modelo Especial is the number one beer mm-hmm. in the world. My mind keeps going back to what are the t- worst two uh, small animals to be let loose on a flight. I mean, I I would never have guessed rat and otter, you know. I don't think they're harmful. Is an otter aggressive? I think otters are incredibly cute. Like on a scale of one to 10, probably a Eight. nine, but I think they're deadly. I think they're cute, but deadly. Mm. You know, I also got to think like a, like a really like a rabid raccoon. It would be a bad thing to have on a flight. Have you ever been on a flight with any other support animal other than a dog in which you've seen on a flight? No, I don't think I've ever even seen a cat on a flight. Oh, I've seen a cat on a oh, flight. I feel like they'd be annoying. I am allergic to cats. Oh. A woman on the way from Indy to uh, Kansas City once was stroking a cat next to me, uh, and I was sneezing the entire time. Does not sound fun. No, at least it wasn't an otter and a rat. Ellie, uh, the Gen Z episode of the Pete the Planner radio show is now complete. Thank you for your service and thank you for uh, being on the show with me today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. All right, everyone else, I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner and this is the Pete the Planner show. You know, with all the technical difficulties, we really only lost uh, a few minutes of the show there. Not bad, right? We did well. We did it. All right, major takeaways for you, Ellie. What, what do you think? What's the major takeaways for the show for you today? What did you learn? <laughs> got to learn something. That an otter is aggressive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if you got an albino rat in front of you, you're an otter. You're yeah. going to go for it. I think that another thing I learned just from your perspective as older than me. Yes. Um, we do have, between my generation and older generations, there are a lot of overlaps in financial problems and stressors, but it's more so about the environment that Gen Z has grown up in compared to other generations. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think, and yeah, this is not as much a judgment about parenting, but parenting has a lot to do with it too, because the greatest generation tried to make things a little bit easier for boomers then the boomers tried to make it easier than that for X and Y. And then Y's tried to make it much easier for millennials and Gen Z. And so, again, that's not judgment as to what's good or bad. But if if parents are dealing with more financial challenges deeper into a person's young adulthood, 
that I think some of the things we talked about are certainly pertinent. I mean, even look how it's set up. This was when I was a kid, uh, 18, 19, becoming an adult. My parents, I was not on their health insurance until I was 26. I had to figure out my health insurance right away. So that that has become a thing. It's like a lot of people are on their parents' health insurance for 26. So like the government actually supports the idea of, of sharing finances. So Allie, thanks for doing this. Do you have a big day lined up? You know, just the normal office stuff. Good to go. Seek the praise and receive the praise of all your coworkers who are I probably am. right outside the studio excited. I am scared to open the door. Thank you so much for sticking through the technical difficulties. It happens sometimes. Um, next week, uh, no show. No show. I'm taking some time off. I need I need to breathe. So um, good luck with your life uh, until uh, now and then. Everyone else, thanks for listening and stay getting money.